Welcome to the e-learning assist presented by GoWine.com. I'm your host, Scott Cooper. Welcome to our very first podcast. What we're going to be doing with our podcast is trying to provide you some tips and advice that can help you improve the way that you learn and train your teams. We're going to be kicking things off with our first episode around blended learning. We have Eduardo Gnomes from the Go One team in Brisbane on hand, and he's going to run through some blended learning concepts and how you might be able to apply them in your workplace. So let's jump in and hear what Eduardo's got to say. Eduardo, how are you going? Good, and yourself, Scott? Yeah, doing well, thanks. Um, yeah, well, a ple- ple- pleasure to, to be part of the, the first one. Um, I am actually a crowdcast virgin, so uh, if by any means... Uh, I do anything wrong here, guys. Forgive me. Uh, so part of it's part of it's all part of learning, I guess. After all, isn't it, Scott? That's it. We'll get it better as we go. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, so, so the main thing is that making sure that everyone can see my screen. Are you able to see uh, this uh, PDF that I put together? Yeah, we can see that. All right. Perfect. All right. So, well, um, when when I spoke to when Scott and I were speaking about um, what sort of topics would be would be relevant and what, what sort of things would be a good idea for us uh, to 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 maybe um, start this, um, I, I thought about talking about uh, blended learning. And one of the reasons um, is because in my role, let me just jump very quickly here. Um, so I've been uh, in learning and development, so I've been a trainer or tra- a trainer for about 15 years. Uh, so I guess facilitating learning for, for over 15 years. Uh, and I'm now part of the uh, Go One sales team where I am in, um, in touch with um, organizations on a daily basis. So let's say over the last two years, uh, I've easily spoke to more than 300 different organizations of all sizes. And, and, and one of the things that I... Uh, there's a few, uh, um, I'd say, barriers as well as, as misconceptions and, and confusion around the whole um, getting in, getting online, you know, especially for organizations they are not, um, is um, people tend to believe that, you know, it, it's either one or the other, um, or, uh, and, and sometimes have that idea that, um, that e-learning will eventually replace face and I honestly, uh, personally, I, I don't think that's true. Uh, so that's why, you know, I'm talking about blended because blended learning seems, um, well, it's, it, it, this, the ton of research that supports as being one of the most effective ways uh, of delivering training across organizations. So in my role, um, I, I just, I talk a lot about uh, how organizations can utilize what they, what they have now. Uh, and from that, um, rethink ways uh, to make learning and development more efficient. So, um, so, so beginning, um, obviously, you know, uh, we know that the landscape of learning is changing. Um, and in reality, right, um, we all know this is no secret for anyone. So there's more information, there's less time, um, there's, you know, buzzwords that come up all the time, you know, social learning, micro learning, bite-sized learning, um, and I see it all the time. There's always a new buzzword or a new trend. Uh, and well, I guess that makes people quite anxious about it. You know, should I jump on this? Is this what I, should I, um, I don't know, what, what is this social learning to begin with? Uh, there's new models, uh, new, new methodologies, um, learning technology, uh, new terms, you know, the Tinkins, the SCORMs, XAPI, 
authoring tools, it, it, it's, it's overwhelming and, and especially overwhelming for organizations that are in the early stages of implementing or changing a, a learning strategy. But in reality is, you know, learning has always been a puzzle, right? So, so things are always gonna change. Uh, and, then, and then part of the, the learning and development um, say, um, uh, role really uh, is to navigate those changes and is to put things together. Um, so, so this is something I, um, I, I, we talk a lot about in Go One. Um, it's, it actually, you know, at least one, me and, and another person here talk a lot about this, uh, which is, um, which is, um, um, I, you're probably familiar with this, with the circle of uh, control, uh, or circle of influence and circle, or circle of concern. So, so in times where, where things are changing and changing quite, quite rapidly, um, and you're overwhelmed, you know, uh, I, I guess, um, it, 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 it brings you back to thinking, you know, where would you focus your attention on? You know, would you focus your attention on everything that is changing in the world, everything that you have um, pretty much no control of? Um, and if you do, essentially, you just feel um, less in power to, 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 to make changes, right? And, and, and um, at, you know, at a personal level, or organizational level. So whereas what I think we should focus on is focus on the areas that we can control, uh, and you focus on the area that we can influence. And learning and development is a key area. Um, learning and development is something that we can always take control of, uh, in my opinion. Um, so I, I honestly think um, um, when, especially when things are changing quite rapidly, um, it, it's, good time, it's a good time to stop and, and, and look at your mindset. Uh, and what I mean by mindset is, how do you approach the whole learning and development um, um, in the first place. Uh, and most of all, uh, I do believe, uh, and we are a big believers that, that culture uh, is extremely important. So after all, it's all about culture. Now, I'm a little bit biased because, you know, I, I uh, you know, learning is, is a passion. Um, but if you really think about it, right, and you think about um, principles like total quality management, uh, KAIS and continuous improvement, uh, in the heart of those principles, um, learning plays a big role. Um, so, so I guess what we need to do, we need to kind of backtrack a little bit and go, and go back to basics and think, um, and, and not think about actually tools and think about how we think about things and, and, and adjust mindset and develop that learning, sorry, that culture of learning and continuous improvement, I guess. Hope I didn't lose you there. But anyway, uh, so... Um, I honestly think that there's never been a better time for learning and development. Uh, I think L&D um, plays a, a more strategic or should play um, a more strategic role in the organization uh, because technology has allowed us to, um, to uh, eliminate or automate uh, a lot of the, those administration tasks that, that no one enjoys, you know, like marking an assessment, for example, uh, or, or taking attendance. Uh, of a course or, or even registering when somebody has um, gone through a course. So technology removes a lot of the inefficiencies. Uh, and I think that's really exciting, you know, and technology has never been more accessible. So there's a ton, a ton, a ton of things that we can be doing to improve. Um, so, so again, so jumping into, into the actual um, topic of blended learning. So uh, one of the major concerns is that 
will be blamed after all, right? Uh, and I guess um, it will if you think about this strategically. So, so blended learning at the most common, uh, sorry, at the most basic level is the combination of online and face-to-face. -face. Um, we understand that um, it's a lot more complex than that because online is so many things nowadays, right? There's social media, there is intranets, there is um, uh, e-learning, there is mobile learning, gamification, there's, there's a ton of things on the online space. And then the other side, face-to-face -face is also way beyond uh, just the classroom experience. You know, face-to-face -face should take into account every face-to-face -face interaction across the organization, including uh, time with your colleagues, questions that you ask around uh, the office, you know, um, time that you spend with your manager, um, uh, and the conversion of the two, you know, things like what we're doing right now, um, webinars, etc. So some of the benefits of uh, blended learning. Um, so, so to begin with, uh, and this slide is not great, by the way, but anyway, so, um, so to begin with, um, it, it provides um, learners, or I guess it provides the organization with the best of both worlds. So it gives learners access to training resources 24 seven, um, and leave uh, trainers and facilitators with the opportunity to create more personalized learning experiences. Now, um, you all been to a classroom, you all been to a seminar or a workshop, um, and they, they completely turn off, and you could be turning off right now, I don't know. Uh, but in reality, is, uh, the face-to-face -face interaction you can only, so sorry, with that um, um, the, the classroom experience or, or that face-to-face -face training you can always go so far. But by allowing that um, training to be placed online, you know, people can just go back, rewatch it, and, and see the parts that are more interesting to them. Um, so, we, and therefore frees up time for the training facilitator to go and have some, some meaningful conversations and then put those, those uh, learning plans um, in, into place. So the other bit is that tracking the learning uh, and performance becomes a lot more convenient, a lot more easy, or easier, sorry, especially um, if you're using any sort of um, online assessment. Uh, it's easier to quality control the training as well. Um, so you can then, let's say, give you an example. So if you're running a session online, if you're running a webinar online, um, then you could be recording that and go back and say, mm, these are the things that I could have done better. But also, you can go back and see uh, what sort of training um, has been more utilized, more popular, what sort of areas they're, they're more interested on as well. Uh, so it's definitely more cost effective. So it improves the feasibility and return on investment uh, of the training itself. Uh, it helps uh, it's slicing down those expenses associated with, with traveling, logistics, and, tra and trainer fees. Um, and, and it helps put standards around training as well. Now, one of the things with um, for organizations, they are not uh, yet delivering training online. Um, so by taking a, a blended approach and combining some of the components of the course um, with face-to-face um, a, a -face and online, so it'd be a lot easier for you to deploy um, online learning after all. So, um, um, so, so stopping here for a second, um, Scott, um, has there any, been any questions so far? Um, um, no one's asked any questions so far, but I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. 
So what are the best ways for people to get started with some of these principles and how they might be able to implement them in their workplace? Okay. So I've actually, it's funny you asked that. Um, we have not planned it. <laughs> that is a, it is really what I'm about to, to talk next. So I guess before you start, right, um, you, you've got to go back to basics. Uh, and going back to basics, very, you know, it could be very simply just thinking about what learning, what is learning for? Uh, why, uh, the why of the learning in the first place? Is it for knowledge acquisition? Is it for skill development? Uh, is it for changing behavior or mindset? Is it to mitigate risks? Um, do you need people to memorize that, that information? Uh, do you need people to rehearse and practice um, before they go and, and perform that, that task in the workplace? So it's very important to get your objectives right uh, before you even think about the modality. Um, so, so the next bit that I think is extremely important because you're training adults, so adult learners. Adult learners, there's a key thing about adults is that we adults learn to solve problems, uh, and if what it is, if whatever it is that we go that we are um, uh, exposing the information I'm exposing doesn't uh, relate or is not relevant to me, uh, I will switch off. So, so make sure that learning. Uh, well, I guess which brings me to the next point. So, make sure that the learning is targeted uh, and is in alignment with uh, strategic direction and business goals. So this is a little bit uh, messy here. Let me try to just uh, simplify it. Uh, so think about, um, so again, it's all about starting with the end minds, thinking about the, the end goals, the business goals, and then backtracking and saying what sort of, um, what sort of pieces um, are missing, right? So th this bit in the middle represents barriers, and barriers are usually um, a, a lack of skill, a lack of knowledge, uh, a poor methodology, um, sudden behavior, attitude, desire, etc. So, what it is that we need? Um, what sort of our learning, or how we're going to break down the, the the I guess the journey from here to now, um, and map out what learners need to learn to begin with? Did that make sense, Scott? Yeah, yeah, that makes complete sense. You need to define your goals and then figure out the stepping stones to be able to get there. I think that's a, definitely right. a good plan to get there. Excellent. Now, uh, the other bit, uh, which um, I get a lot, you know, I get a lot of uh, when I'm talking to, to, to clients is um, that, you know, say deploy a, a, a new learning program, but the uptake was actually quite low. Um, now, one of the, the key factors is that is if you don't focus much on the actual um, learner experience or how the learners will be taking that information, um, whether it would be pleasant for them in the first place, people would... Um, most likely, most likely switch off. Um, so especially with your online component. So, so ask yourself, does this system that I'm implementing provides a great user experience? Uh, you know, if it's too hard to use, it's likely that people will get frustrated and learning becomes painful. Um, now, um, also uh, very important, um, um, especially with the online components, uh, actually not just with online components, but ensuring that um, the assessments or whatever, the, the ways that you're going to test uh, learning um, is in alignment with the objectives of the course to begin with. You know, most people want to know that when they started a program, at the end of it, they've actually achieved the goal that the program was set um, to um to do, right, I guess. Uh, now, another component which is very important is that feedback is incorporated, be it automatic feedback 
or, or be it feedback uh, with manager or, or, or a trainer, facilitator, mentor, etc. Um, and now very, very important is often overlooked is integrated follow-up. Now, what I mean by that is, uh, let's just assume that, you know, before um, you run, you run a, a, a workshop, right? Um, you get people to go through um, some of the, the, the course materials, uh, you run the workshop, and then after the workshop, you just don't do anything about it, right? Uh, so one of the, the ways to, to ensure that uh, the information is remembered and then applied back into the workplace is to integrate some sort of follow-up uh, training, uh, be it a catch-up or be it, uh, be it another module that happens after the face-to-face -face, um, interaction, if that makes sense. Um, still with me, Scott, and everyone else? Yeah, I think that that's really important to emphasize that follow up and making sure that that is reinforced over time. And it's not just a, a one off learning experience. You've, you've got that sustained learning that happens throughout the, the process. Correct. All right. And, and the other the other bit and, and changing a little bit of the topic here, and it's hard to read to just realize that. Um, so um, a lot of times, you know, when you're developing, especially the online components of the course, uh, think that um, sometimes, you know, um, having that perfect uh, e-learning uh, program uh, would actually slow down the learning of your organization. So try uh, tapping into things that already exist, you know, try to tap into to off-the-shelf content, but make sure you mix it that uh, with your own. Now, another thing uh, that I'm a big believer of is, is don't, don't reinvent the wheel. Um, there, there are ways of, um, well, there's a lot of uh, expert content out there and ways of curating that content. Um, so just a couple of exa examples here, you know, Chrome extensions, uh, a way of uh, saving uh, content for, for, for future deployment uh, or using something like, like Get uh, Pocket. Um, now, um, another, um, I'll say another suggestion um, I give is um, develop rapid content development ways of, of developing your content um, uh, quite uh, rapidly. So, for example, uh, if you combining the online with face-to-face -face and, again, running a webinar, now, why not record the webinar? We do that a lot at Go On, so we'll record uh, sessions and then we put those ses sessions up for people to go and, and, uh, and refer to. Um, and, and it could be that you're recording, uh, let's say if we're talking about product training, could be that you're recording videos or screencasts of your product. Um, now, thinking a little bit outside, outside of the box, you know, um, why, why not incorporate something like, like a, a weekly newsletter? Uh, or even um, run a few uh, podcasts internally, uh, essentially, um, um, some you know uh, yeah, that could be LND or that could be manager or uh, uh, topics of interest and pretty much just recording voice and broadcasting that throughout the organization. Um, now I've talked about this before, um, but just touching base again. So a way of improving uh, the training ROI um, is with um, utilization of pre-course assessments, quizzes, and follow-up sessions. Um, remembering that. A lot of training, or sorry, a lot of learning happens informally. Uh, so, uh, putting a strategy in place so that you can support it. Uh, and a few ideas here uh, could be one of them is enabling your your leaders uh, to be better trainers, to be coaches and mentors. 
um, I, I found that that, could, that sometimes can be an issue where you are appointed to to, um, to a leadership position, uh, but you don't realize that with that it comes the, the training of of some someone, the training of your staff, and often um, is what we rely on on the immediate leader in the first place. So by enabling leader to become a better coach or a better a mentor or even trainer, um, will actually come a long way. Um, developing um, forums or, or, or communities of practice and incentivizing collaboration. Uh, that could be done through things like um, uh, blogs and, as I say, forums, or, or simply just uh, group discussions. But mostly, um, just bringing it all, all together. So um, essentially, ensuring that well, whatever is uh, the system you use, that represents your learning ecosystems, and it, and it brings everything together for the learner. It makes uh, their life easier, I guess. Thanks for tuning into our first episode. We hope you've got some really good tips off Eduardo there that you can go and start applying blended learning in your workplace today. Don't forget, if you do have any questions, you can reach us at any time through the GoOne website. Just send us an email and we'd be happy to help you out. Also, if you're looking to get started with training in your workplace, don't forget that if you go to goone.com, you can sign up for our free training portal for up to five users. So head over and check that out. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.